The Hump, episode 43, Drink Notes. The Hump, episode 43, Drink Notes. We're going to, Chad and I, we're running solo tonight, but we're going to do a recap of our last couple conversations that we've had in our craft drink and then also no drinky series. It's like a craft drink, no drinky series. Yeah. an idiot <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily no i'm not well we'll we'll recap it all we'll cover the good the bad and the ugly so welcome to the hump your show about how to get one over in this thing called life this is brent bowen chad beeland and chad what are you drinking tonight speaking of drinking can't start a drink episode without yeah this is a full hans statewide pale ale that looks almost very game of thrones that's the- exactly what i thought it's a couple of badgers Going at it, like fighting, not, you know, sexual. Not sexual. Okay. Maybe they are. I don't know. I can't tell. I don't know if intercourse is allowed on beer labels, even if it's beasts uh, or animals. Maybe in like the Netherlands or something, you can do some shit like that. (laughs) Do that. Did you pick badgers because we're starting to plan our Wisconsin trip? Is there? (laughs) No, it's just the first beer that I grabbed out of my... I'm like running out of beer. No. Yeah. Well, you did give some to me for my birthday. I hope I didn't cut into your stock too much. Yeah. I think I created an exact mirror six for myself. Well, I guess not exact because I didn't get that one. But yeah, I've, I've been, I haven't been drinking more. I just have been buying less. I'm, I'm convinced that's what it is. Hmm. And I've been buying more well, and, drink, and drinking more. What? You and I have been able to hang out more thus. Yeah, this has been great. Yes. Back to normal life. Yeah, back to back to normal life. So what I'm drinking, one that you brought me a couple of weeks back, the Stereo Hopic IPA from Lagunitas. So I do love Lagunitas. I have been on a bit of a Lagunitas kick, like seeking them out to buy their beer. So yes, this looked this looked very nice. Yeah, they they do a lot of good stuff. I mean, stouts, IPAs, even that hop sparkling water was spectacular i didn't try that i thought i gave you one you might have given me one but i haven't tried it yet the one i had that you brought me the other day was i would have to rely on my untapped but it was a very juicy prairie artisan ale Mm. beer and it was it had mango and orange and it was dynamite it was still like seven over seven percent when i looked at the flavor profile I thought, yeah, you're gonna have to help no, me. Curious. You're gonna have to help me out and look that up. I can stall and talk about how delicious it was, but I was like, oh, this is so nice. It was a perfect grilling beer. Like I always commit to having a beer when I grill. So, oh, uh, Prairie, just the juice, just the juice, aptly named, fruited sour. Yeah, it was. It was delicious. Like, nice. I don't know how much you paid for that. I'm not sure I'd paid ten dollars a can for it, but it's forty seven dollars a can. I be- I believe it. I love that prairie beer, but it'll it's gonna add five years to my retirement. That's one I haven't had. Like somehow I gave you a beer I've never had. Mm. Now that shows, I want it back. 
that shows no you don't want it back at this point but that shows how good of a friend you are i am a good friend yeah you are a pretty Thank good you. friend yeah so we had a nice time drinking beer with you at the new torn label on sunday too that was nice yeah it was good to get get the band back together yeah. wives and yeah it was fun check was- out the tasting room and eat some pizza and yeah i was saying afterwards like just just like an old shoe just hanging out with the Bowens. Just, it feels good. It does. It, and like, although Becca lost a little bit of steam by about 8 PM, she mm. was, she was done. So, well, you got to pace yourself. If you're not used to getting out there and doing it, then, you know, you got to build up that tolerance. Yeah. We'll work the endurance back up. Yeah. 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 Must. Yeah. Treat these like OTAs, man. She'll get yes. whip her back into beer shape. A little summer heat. Yes. That is kicking in. Well, we've been doing this quasi series where we've had some drinky, drinkery type guests on the last four weeks, really, because we've broken broken a couple of these up, really five weeks, because we've broken a couple of these up into two-part episodes. So we had the Drink KC folks on, you know, to talk about, and they talk about everything, wine, beer. Yeah, I have a hard enough time keeping all the beer straight, let alone cocktails and whatnot yeah the distillery stuff and then we had alana gwinner back on to talk about kind of the good and bad of what's going on in the craft beer scene in particular some of the things that happened earlier in the year with boulevard and some of the you know sexual harassment kerfuffle that took place on reddit well it happened in the brewery but a lot of it got yes <laughs> a lot of it got captured and, and recounted on reddit so, and then, then we brought on Clifford Stefan to talk about, he runs a website called booze vacation. It's kind of interesting. He said he'd set that up as a nonprofit in Kentucky, in Louisville, Kentucky, where he's basically took a vacation from alcohol. So we were, we ran the full gamut. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to be a little quirky to tee that up in Kentucky and, you know, <laughs> and he was quirky. He was quirky. Yeah. Clifford is certainly uh, court. He's very convicted about what he's done and, you know, what he shared. So the drink KC team, you know, one of the things I recall from that conversation was, you know, it was interesting Roxy from that. We had this common thread that was pretty interesting. Even though we talked a lot about Kansas city drink scene, I thought it was pretty cool where we, when we brought Roxy and Corey on from drink KC, we brought up the beer list and Roxy's from the East coast. So we immediately said, where would you go? And she's like, Boston, Maine, you know, I thought it was cool to hit some of the highlights there. Yeah. I mean, some fantastic beers in that area, beautiful country. I mean, yeah, she definitely needs to make that trip. Yeah. And then Alana was the same. Alana, we kind of teed yeah, that up too. That's yeah. true. Interesting that everybody wants to go to Boston. Everybody. I mean, yeah. What what's the what's the brewery there? It's Trillium. Trillium. I was going to butcher the name. I knew there was a trill in it. Yeah, but I probably would have said trillist. Trilliums. You do that a lot. Trillist. Well, just mispronounce things. Oh yes, I do mispronounce things. <laughs> some of them more embarrassing than others. Always entertaining them. Yes, some of them quite offensive actually. Sometimes. Yeah, I follow some guy on Twitter, and he was just in Portland making the the rounds and he went to of course Oligosh and some of the other ones so that was good time yeah what was the other place they talked about they were just going in, heading into was nimble yeah 
that's down in the crossroads. Yeah. And I, I actually had, a, I don't think I've been into nimble that I can recall, but it, it's interesting. We have these conversations and all of a sudden I'll discover, I discovered a can of nimble beer in my fridge the other day. I gave you that. Okay. I'm like, I have a beer just magically fucking <laughs> appearing in my refrigerator from breweries I've never yeah. heard of. Yeah. That was one they, they opened up last year, which is nuts opening up in the beginning of a pandemic or whatever, but I wanted to support them. So I made a couple of different pickups from them. Yeah. Well, I've got to try it now that they, now that they've, they've talked about it. They're like old news. Now there's more new ones popping up daily. Yeah. Well, and that was the other thing we talked with them a little bit about was the borders. Yeah. Is moving. Mm-hmm. And then there's a new one moving right into their old red, spot. Red sash. Red sash. And then so I like, went to another new one a week ago on Johnson Drive, Rock Creek. I knew it was going in, but spaced it off and went, you know, they have a nice patio. Here was middling. Isn't, isn't that where service and transport are too? Is on no, it's down on the other end where like Sand Hills is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then I know we've talked about this a little bit. I cannot even remember everything we've covered because we've covered a lot of shit. But I saw a Twitter post the other day and it was very cool because we were talking a while back that currently there's about 8,500 breweries, craft breweries in the United States, which is an all time high. I mean, it used to be like in the thirties, there was a shit ton of them. And then in back in the 1980s, we got down to like 40 breweries in all the country Yeah, because it was just Bud, Coors Light, Miller Light, that kind of shit. And now there's been this resurgence and there's 8,500 breweries across the country. And shockingly, maybe not shockingly, but there's only like 60 that are black owned. Mm -hmm. And I saw a Twitter post the other day coming 2022, Kansas City's first black owned brewery. Oh, that's awesome. Vine Street Brewing. Vine Street Brewing, which, you know, we were talking about. I think as part of this series, and we we discussed this with Roxy and Corey because that's how I got introduced to Good Beer Hunting, right? Mm-hmm. And so Good Beer Hunting's the Seattle-based beer blog, really phenomenal, and they kind of talk about inclusivity in in beer, and they talk about not just you know sex or gender, but also all sorts of backgrounds, whether it's socioeconomic, it's race. It needs to be inclusive of all these different ways. And you and I were commenting. I mean, it wasn't on the show, but I think you and I both saw the Today Show bit about it was Chris Gadsey. Right? Yeah, I think that's his name. And yeah, you sent me that article. Gant- it's interesting. Yeah, because you said there are eighty five hundred craft breweries, and I think they're like sixty. Yeah, sixty total uh, black owned. Yes, in the country. So, what's the name of the place that's opening up in Vine, Vine Street? Street Brewing? Okay. Now, where is it going to be located in the city? Do you I know? would assume on Vine Street. I'm not sure. But well, that would make sense. I, yeah. I went to their website, but it's just a basically slow. a landing page. <laughs> the landing page didn't have any. It just basically was like coming soon. But it was cool because I posted it. And then all of a sudden, all over the city, the local craft brew scene was like, yes, awesome. Can't wait. It's exciting. Like Jeremy Danner and just other breweries chiming in. Like, this is great. Awesome. Can't wait. You know. Well, that's all. I mean. That's tremendous news because the Chris Gancy thing, what was cool about that story was not only the influences they had from a beer standpoint, we may get some different influences, 
Yeah. From a beer standpoint. Oh, completely. There was a lot of Southern influences in the, in this brewery that Chris owns is in New York. And he was bringing a lot of Louisiana. I think his family was originally from Louisiana. Mm -hmm. So he was bringing a lot of Southern influences to, to the beer and also the food that was served within the brewery as well. There was like, I was salivating because there was a lot of chicken and biscuits. Yeah, I think he's kind of his grandma's recipes and stuff that he wanted to pay homage to her. And so yeah, that he made that part of his his business. That's great. Yeah, no, that that's awesome. That yeah, that's awesome. That Vine Street Brewery is gonna be coming, sounds like to Kansas City, and you said twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two. All right. All right. Well, so we had Roxy and Corey on, then we had Alana on, and Alana one of the things that I thought was awesome that Alana is working on is, and I need to find an update from her. I think she was supposed to share this with me and she didn't. I need to add this to the show notes is that cream ale that, oh, she's, yeah. wor- that she's working on. So Alana, come on. Where are you at? Where are you at? Need the cream ale. You've always had a soft spot for cream ales. Yes, I, ha- I have. And they're not easy to come by. Yeah, but they're delicious. I, I don't mind a little bit of sweet in my beer. No, I don't either. Hence the, hence the prairie side of things. I was trying to see where they're going to be, but no info. I I would, I would venture to guess it's going to be, it's going to be vine street. I guess we'll find out. We, we, we will find out. And once we find out, we'll put it in the show notes and you folks can see. So the other conversation we had was with, Clifford, Stefan, about stopping drinking. Yeah. How'd you feel about that? I mean, I, I told him when he was on the show, I mean, it totally makes sense. I don't think anybody disputes that you're probably healthier if you don't drink. Just why would you not want to? Unless, you know, you have some type of issue or I don't. It, it felt a little Jesus, you know, Jesus freaks to me, which, you know, sorry, Jesus lovers. I. JC's good with me, uh, but you know, you're down with JC, yeah, but, like you JC don't need to, but like, you know, you don't need to proselytize as we said, it, as we used in the triple D. Yeah. I mean, and I think I pronounced that correctly. I think so. Okay. But you know, who am I to tell people what to do? I, I truly to this day still live by Amsterdam's unofficial motto and it's do whatever you want. Just don't be a dick. I'm good with that. Is that on, is that on like a road sign when you drive into Amsterdam? I don't know, but I'm thinking about getting that tattoo, you know, and get something you might as well, something you're passionate about. Yeah. Just don't be a dick. You, you should add the other two D's onto that too. Don't be a <laughs> dick douche, douche or dumbass. dumbass. <laughs> now that's something there that, that personalizes it. Yeah. I like that. If you're going to get the tattoo, I want you to commit. I know you won't add the hashtag, the hump podcast, but maybe, maybe uh, yeah, yeah. So. That'd be nice. Do whatever you want. Just don't be a dick douche or a dumbass. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> that covers a lot of ground. Yeah. I Clifford impresses me though, as somebody he was able to take that full year. That'd take a lot of willpower. I would think. Cause you and I had talked a little bit after we finished the show that there's a couple different ways to approach that. Right. And you know, we've got a friend of ours that will leave unnamed, but that did that you said would do that with like roller coaster. Yeah. I mean, it was, he would almost stop doing it. Cause he's like, 
I have a drinking problem, so I just need to prove to myself for two months that I can go without drinking. And he would literally be marking the days off the calendar. And then day one of the next month, let's get wasted. So, yeah. It would just get hit. Like, and coming to the end of his sobriety, he couldn't wait to be drinking the next day and then would just be getting hammered. And to Clifford's point, that's kind of goes against the whole point of it. Like, you know, you shouldn't be just counting the days down. You should try to grow and be a better human, which I'm always for that too. Yeah. And I think that's what, if you were to try something like that, I think that three month commitment probably is the right amount of time then, you know, to, to, to do that. If somebody was inclined to do it, I thought it was pretty interesting though, you know, in that conversation where he said, and their mindset must've been, you know, you and I were having a little discussion about maybe his friend group because some of those friends were, we were talking about how Clifford, how hard Clifford was charging into that battle to then end sobriety, you know, to get into sobriety because his friend group was like, nope, not doing not it. it. I'm yeah. going out and just getting blasted. Yeah. You got to have some Jedi mind tricks there to, to coax somebody into that. You can't, you can't bulldoze somebody into making that decision. Yeah, I do find it fascinating, and we'll put it in the show notes again, though. The conversation we had with him about, I think it was called the HARMS. I'm sure that's an acronym, scale, associated with all sorts of, I guess you want to call them drugs or narcotics. I mean, because he said alcohol was on the spectrum. Tobacco. Tobacco, marijuana. I'm sure caffeine's probably on it. All the way to, you know, we were talking about heroin (laughs) at some point, you know, if we end up with one of our buddies rationale by 80, we should all be doing heroin because what else, what else do we got to do? So, you know, I thought that whole discussion about and what he offered around the harms, you know. Yeah, it sounds totally reasonable. I mean, but some reason the U.S. 100 years ago decided booze is okay, but well, except for that short period. But, you know, alcohol is fine, but weed is the devil's lettuce. So, I mean, who knows why these decisions get made? But, yeah, it seemed reasonable when you factor in drunk driving and liver damage. And, yeah, I mean, I could see where alcohol is very harmful in excess. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting in certain states still is pretty prohibited and it's starting to loosen up. I mean, you traveled to Utah. Not, but a couple, couple of years ago. And I know your experience there was like, whoa, it, it's pretty limiting on what you can do from a, an alcohol standpoint. Yeah. I mean, it's terribly restrictive. And again, it just made no rhyme or reason. So they can't serve draft beer that's over 4% alcohol, but right next to it is a cooler with bottles and cans of beer that is over 4%. And then if you go to like a brewery, you can't, you can't drink unless you order food. So it's just silly, this silliness around consumption. Well, you and I talked about that, I think after the episode. So we talked about Prairie Artisan Ales mm-hmm. and they're to one of their big tasting rooms. I think that's their main tasting room is in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And there's an Oklahoma state law that you can't walk out like, you can't take a crowler or growler of beer that's over like 5.5% alcohol, or at least the time when we were in the bur- 
And then you go to Prairie and everything they serve is between like 12 and 18% alcohol. I mean, yeah, they're fucked because I mean, almost everything is like 12%. Like, uh, we can make you a crowler. You just have to sit here at the bar and drink it. You can't take it with you. Like, again, what sense does that make? Or we have a crowler special where we, we fill up the crowler a third with the beer and then we top it off with a gallon of water. Mm, sounds refreshing. <laughs> yeah. But in the tasting room, they actually prov- they actually make, I think they're tasting room specials, three or four beers that you can actually taste take out that are below five and a half percent. And I, I'm like, this is kind of defeating the, you know, defeating the purpose here. But but some politician decided, you know, this seems like a reasonable law. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, you know, you were talking about the proliferation of craft breweries, Mm -hmm. you know, going from 30 in the 80s just a moment ago to 8,500 now. You know what the oldest craft brewery is in the state of Kansas? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Which one? Free State? It's Free State. Yeah. And it opened up in what year? Like 1938 or something? It opened up, I know this, because it's the year I went to KU, it opened up in 1991. Oh, wow. I way uh, undershot that. It, it opened up. Overshot. That is the oldest craft. That's the oldest brewery, actually, in the state of Kansas. 1991. I mean. Hella Bible Belt here, people. Yeah. All of these <laughs> jacked states with crazy laws. I, I can't figure out a correlating factor in all of them, but who knows? Well, any final thoughts about our, our chat with these, no, all I've these good people covered a lot of ground, met some good people, you know, there's a lot of good things about craft brew scene. There's some bad stuff, but let's focus on the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I focus on the good stuff. Also want to remember a couple of the folks, the luminaries that we talked about in those episodes. So we're going to cheers to them, Rodney and uh, you know, the Martin yep. city family that lost you know, lost a member of their family. So we we'll want to cheers to cheers to them too, as part of the good, it's a legacy left. Yeah. Well, you ready to play a game of triple D I've got a, got a special one for you tonight. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> What's so funny. I, I know where this is going and yeah, it's, it's a good triple D. It is a good triple D at some point. I think we should do an entire episode of nothing but triple D's like stacked on top of them. Like a progressive triple D party. Yeah. And then see if we can make them success, you know, like successively worse. Start with something mild and then get to your example here. (laughs) Yeah. My example here. All right, folks. So we're going to play a game of triple D. And if this is the first time you're joining us, oh, we feel bad for you. So if this is the first time you're joining (laughs) us, where you been? Yeah, so we play a game called Triple D, and we throw out a scenario and discuss whether it's a dick douche or dumbass move. And, you know, as most of these Triple Ds are inspired by real life, so we may have to unpack this one a little bit. But this week's Triple D move is what do you call someone who shows up to the house that they used to own absolutely just blitzed out of their face, drink in hand, glass of whiskey in hand and requests a tour of their former house. <laughs> I think you got to give the backstory on this cause it's uh it's robust. It, it is robust. So, okay. 
As Chad mentioned, this is an actual event that occurred probably about three weeks. So it was after it was the Sunday after Grant's graduation. So it was just a couple weeks ago and it was about four 30 and I was about ready to start firing up the grill. It may have been four 35 o'clock and the doorbell rings and we see our neighbor down the cul-de-sac and he's got somebody with him, and both of them have a cocktail in hand. And, and I don't hear what the chat, I hear some chatter in the front and Becca shouts back to me and she said, Hey, the four, a former homeowners here, they want to peek in do do you mind? And I have no, I've seen, not seen what condition they're in whatsoever. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm irritated, but thinking, okay, it's the homeowner. This, the house we live in has been bought and sold. I don't know how many times. And part of that has to do with the mother-in-law suite that's in the house. So people buy it for the mother-in-law suite and then their situation changes. And then I'm sure they get out of it. Kind of like what we're going to do. Right. We're not going to live here for forever because as soon as our situation changes and we don't need the mother-in-law suite any longer, then we're probably in, you know, my daughter graduates from high school. We're going to be out of here because we don't need this big a house. So anyway, this house is, I'm not, I don't know which former homeowner it is. I mean, you've been here how long? We have been here nine months, not quite. Yeah. Nine, 10 months at most. And come to find out so they come in and get a tour i go out to the backyard to do do my thing and get the grill started and i find out it's the previous homeowner the one we actually bought the home from and they're they're drinking whiskey slurring their words and they go in to see the mother-in-law suite the guy's complimentary to becca about all the things we've done to the house but then he says can i see the pool and he seems really eager to see the pool. And I had just, just weatherproof the deck. So I told them, that's fine. You can go see the pool, but you got to go a long way around through the garage and go out and see the pool. At this point, I'm like, I've got to start the grill. So I got starting the grill. I'm really not talking to the guy. Becca's talking to this former home homeowner. It's not a homeowner from two or three times ago. Yeah. It's the guy we just bought the house from like nine months ago. Exactly. When you told me this story, I'm like, oh, well, if it's the original homeowners and little Jimmy wants to see his old bedroom, like, yeah, I can, I can get that. Yeah. But yeah, he literally just sold the house to you less than a year ago and. And left some things in that they should have disclosed mm-hmm. and didn't disclose. And to the point we could have, I mean, filed some sort of action if we'd wanted to. Plus, we have an understanding of the full financial history of the of said house, too. So he's in the back at this point looking at the pool. And we had had 10 straight days of rain and the pool water is a little murky. It's not the perfect crystal clear. And he looks at me and he says, because that pool water looks a little murky. Can I offer you some tips or show you some things around the house? And at this point, Becca's like, Oh my God, looks at me and shakes her head like, oh no, Brent. Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. And I've got a spatula in hand. I'm like, I'm thinking I'm going to beat this guy to death with the spatula. Yeah. I mean, pool insults are kind of like mama jokes. Like, you know, hey, I could talk about my own pool, but I'm not going to have you telling me how to, you know, how to maintain ra- the pool. It, well, and you saw what I've done with that pool and where it came from the spring to what it is now. Yeah. yeah I mean, it was, looked like Lake of the Ozarks. Yeah. Shrek Swamp to. <laughs> Yes. 
to crystal nearly yes. crystal clear. So I'm he I'm like, dude, you do realize we've had ten straight days of rain. It was like, well, it was never this murky when I lived here. And Becca's like, mm. oh my god, oh wow. So then at this point in time, the neighbor knows, and he's feeling bad the entire time. I neglected to tell you when I came out to meet them in the entryway, he's mouthing behind the other guy going, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like I shouldn't have brought him over here. So we, I talked to the neighbor. He's a nice guy at this point in time. He's feeling so bad trying to get the guy out of the the whole house, trying to get him back that he runs out onto the deck. I've just weatherproofed. And gets his footprints all on the deck. So I'm having to yell at him like he's a five-year-old telling him to get off my deck. Oh, so that's the situation. And at that point, he gets him and gets him out of the house. The the deck wasn't an issue. I had just stained it. So I just grew the, I grabbed the, the pad, the deck pad and just, you know, Mm. weatherproof the rest of it. But that is the setup. That's the real life story. Jesus. Yeah. I mean. Initial thoughts is dumbass for you for letting his ass in the house. <laughs> I'm like, you're way nicer than I would be. I'd be like, it's a fucking pandemic, man. Go pound sand. You can, you know, check out the pictures the next time it goes on the market. You just just sold the house. What do you need to see it for? So I'm so we're not going to reflect on the, the the individual that came on. We're going to turn this back on me. Is that what? Well, at least here? for the first couple minutes, then we'll we'll get over there. That's fine. <laughs> so. In my defense, I will say that I was in another room not seeing or having any knowledge of who this might be. To your point, I thought it could have been, like you said, the first homeowner with little Jimmy, right? It's still like pandemic-ish. It is. All right. So I'll take some acceptance here. So Becca's the one that needs to take the heat. Well, I think we sh- no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I I'm think, not doing that either. I'm sorry. I, I think we share in the blame. There. Okay. I, I think that's all, all fair is for us to share in the blame. All right. So this was your experience. You lived this crazy situation. So what, what's your take? Uh, well, I, I don't know. I mean, it, I think evolved as the experience went on like i would even call him a dumbass to think well one he was hammered and so there's a lot of dumbassery that happens around where in your right mind would you think it's okay to like show up to somebody's house that you don't know a stranger and ask for a tour but there's also like a douchey component to that where you feel entitled that it's okay for you to be able to walk into your former house that you don't own any longer, but it certainly went from this weird cocktail of dumbass to douche to full on douche. Once we got to the pool scenario, (laughs) I mean, that's, that's stuck in your cross something fierce when he started trying to give you pool tips. Well, yes, not cool. Not cool. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot of dickish going on here. And then there's definitely the douche arrogance that, you know, I can help you because I am an expert on this pool, which he very well may be. But if you don't ask for his help, then don't offer it. Well, the irony of this is, and I neglected to mention this in the story, this is the fucking cherry on top, is you asked me in this equation, to your point about being a master of the pool, 
right? The cherry on top is you asked me, how long have we lived here? And I yeah. said nine to 10 months. We have already lived here half the time that they lived here the entire time they were here. Oh, they were only here for a year and, and a half? For a year and a half. So what connection can you form with a house in a year and a half that you feel so compelled? <laughs> so that was a little fact I neglected to mention in the whole setup. But they had lived here a whole of 18 months. And I know you've already replaced some of the the pool equipment or whatever that needed to be done. Yeah. Like I would have, the dick me would have been like, you know, Hey, uh, yeah, I wish you'd have told me that the pump was going to go out so quick. Cause it seems like he kind of left some of those nuggets out. Oh yeah. Well, they certainly had done it. If Becca had not been around, I, my behavior would have been very different. She is often my conscience. Oh, as yeah. You, as you know, they definitely are the yin to your yang. But yes. Uh, uh, do you mind if I record this uh, interaction, sir? That way, when I talk to my lawyer later, he uh, <laughs> we have it documented. I, that'd be great. Let me show you around. Yeah. Well, I could have. We have enough microphones around the house. I probably could have pulled Just that ask off. Alexa to recite the entire conversation back. Mm, I could have done. Although we don't own Alexa here. It's Siri, unfortunately. Oh, well. She's good too. I don't know if she's equipped for that. So you're, you're saying dumbass on my part. And then. Yeah, he was, I mean, he's a dick douche, but just the arrogance is just, you know, I don't know if it's dick arrogance or douche arrogance, but it sounds like he got a few bowls of loudmouth soup in him and was basically like, this sounds like a great idea. <laughs> so I guess it's. A third, third, third. Uh, that's there's some sort of cocktail in here. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm I don't know if there's a dick in there because he seemed genuinely I, I don't know what the motivation was to stop on by. I don't think there was a dick motivation to stop on by, like to rub it in. But uh, yeah, somewhere in there. I could almost see that because I mean, how many changes could you really make? It's almost to me the way I'm inferring it is almost like. We had the place looking really nice. Let's see what these hillbillies have done to our house. Yeah, it, that very well could have been it. And if that was his motivation, that would definitely be a dick motivation. All right. I'm going to, I may not throw the dick part in there. I'm just going to say, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt of just being drunk, drunk, douche, drunk, douche. So there's a dumbass douche component of that. So please. If you just wander by my neighborhood and feel like showing up on my front doorstep drunk, please don't. So with that, that's Triple D for tonight. Thanks for hanging with us, everyone. If you've enjoyed today's episode, go out to the Hump Podcast website and sign up for our newsletter. Remember, you can catch us live on Facebook. Remember, you can catch us live on Facebook most Thursdays at about 6 and don't forget to rate us and leave us a comment on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Chad's personal favorite, Stitcher. Take care, everybody. Stitcher.